For six years, we have been hearing that Trump is going to jail. For the last six years, and yet people still get sucked in. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the media, I'm talking about Trump supporters who are like in a frenzy or in a panic, still buying into this bogus narrative. He's not going to jail. All right, the two huge stories this week. Number one, Liz Cheney got crushed in Wyoming. I mean, this is such an embarrassment. First it was the Bushes, then it was the Clintons, and now Trump has obliterated the Cheney political dynasty. Trump has taken down virtually every, I mean, if the Kennedys were still around, he'd do it to them too, but he has taken down every political dynasty. The other big story is that we now know that the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago was essentially a hoax. I mean, the search warrant makes it very clear there is no crime. As always with Trump, they have a suspect, they have a target, but they cannot find a crime. So we're going to get to all of that. Plus, the CDC admits that it completely botched the COVID pandemic. All right, well, call the New York, alert the press, you know, uh, stop the presses. The CDC botched the COVID pandemic. They finally, everyone else knew this. Millions of people in America know this, but now the CDC has figured it out. By the way, Minneapolis, Minnesota has a new policy. Fire the white teacher's First, I kid you not, you cannot make it up. Public schools in Minneapolis must fire the white teachers before they fire anybody. There could be a, a teacher there who's been teaching for three days and they need to do layoffs. No seniority at all. But if it's a black or a Hispanic, well, fire the white teacher has been there for 30 years. Uh, all right. We're going to get to all of that. The CFO of the Trump Foundation has pled guilty to tax fraud. He's going to Rikers Island and it looks like he's going to testify against Trump again Nothing to panic about, as we will explain. A black mother is suing her son's school, suing the L.A. school district, in fact, because they made her son pick cotton as part of a school presentation. You cannot make this stuff up. Trump, so as I said, Trump's former CFO, Alan Weisselberg, he has cut a deal with prosecutors. Of course, the media is in a tizzy, as expected. The media, they are so thrilled because... They think that Trump is finally going to jail. Do they really believe it or like they, they they don't care? They just love it for the headlines. How many times have we seen this already? People cooperating with the feds. Remember Michael Cohen. OK, Michael Cohen, Trump's personal lawyer, the man who like did all of Trump's dirty work. Right. So Michael Cohen, we were told, had so much dirt on Trump. Trump was going to go away for years. And Michael Cohen testified. He actually he, he was supposed to go to like jail for like 70 years. And he got that reduced to like three years. And then because of COVID, remember Michael Cohen then got put under house or got released, got put under house arrest, uh, was wearing an ankle bracelet. But then there were pictures of him prancing all over Manhattan. So the whole thing was just a joke. I mean, he, and he had lots of crimes he pled guilty to. But then Michael Cohen was going to have such incredibly damaging testimony against Trump. And yet it was a giant nothing burger. Trump like once went to Moscow to open a casino like that was the big like dirt that that, that that Michael Cohen had on Trump. And and this was the man that to me, I've never I cannot imagine a bigger exoneration of Trump than Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen couldn't find Trump jaywalking. I mean, he couldn't find Trump shoplifting because otherwise we would know about it. And if anything, the man who was like literally the person who handled all of Trump's dirty work, right? The Trump's personal attorney for years and years uh, with, with, with the hush money and all of that. And yet he could not come up with a single crime that Trump committed. Like, could you come up with any bigger exoneration? So I want to get into, should we get into Alan Weisenberg now? Weisselberg now? Alan, we'll, we'll get into that just for a moment because there's nothing to be concerned about. Even, even Weisselberg. And this man is like 75. He's going to be going to, 
to, to Rikers Island. Rikers Island. They're sending – this is what happens. They want people who are associated with Trump to be terrified. So they're sending the, the man who was the CFO of the Trump organization, Alan Weisselberg. They're sending him to Rikers for five months. He pled guilty to like, I don't know, 15 counts to a bunch of counts of tax fraud. You know what he did? What Weisselberg did was absolutely nothing that every corporation in the country does not do all the time, which is that he got a bunch of perks. He like he rode in like Trump's limo and he got like free hotel stays uh, because he was the CFO. Right. So they give you these perks. The company, you get all these like side benefits right in the limo and the hotel and the restaurants and whatever. And he didn't report that as income as taxable income. And, and it's, it, it, you know, he's supposed to pay income taxes, uh, when technically when his comp, when, when, when the Trump company that he works for, uh, gives him a ride in a limo or, uh, or, or, or a restaurant or a trip to Disney or whatever, or a hotel stay. So he said that, that's like if, let's say the hotel stay would cost him a thousand dollars. So he saved a thousand dollars. So he's supposed to then report that and pay taxes on those thousand dollars. And he did not do that. Every company, this is common practice. I'm not suggesting that you should do that. I'm not suggesting that it's legal, but like literally this is what they do. They dig something up. They they charge you with something that's technically a crime that like everyone on the planet does. But because you're associated with Trump, you're going to go to Rikers and then we're going to punish you. And then as a result, we're going to get you to plea bargain and cooperate and testify against Trump. All right. So a black mother has filed a civil rights lawsuit against the L.A. Board of Education because she says a cotton field. This happened in 2017. So I'm not sure exactly why she's waited until now. But, you know, maybe she ran out of welfare money or something. But uh, I don't know if she's on welfare. I'm just mentioning. She says a cotton field was set up. Basically, they went cotton picking. She's not happy that her her, her black son in school was sent to do cotton picking. Now, to me, this seems like a very good project, but you know, hey, she, she's, she's got money to make and she wants to make it off of the LA Board of Ed. She says a cotton field was set up at an elementary school that was intended to teach students about the experience of slave, slaves. Rashunda Pitts said that her, oh, her 14 year old daughter, I'm sorry, I thought it was her son, but her 14 year old daughter, um, experienced emotional distress as a result of the project at this school uh where her social justice teacher uh had these kids they set up these the, the this literally this cotton field and had the kids go cotton picking in order to gain a real life experience as to what african american slaves had endured like why is that a bad thing i mean she, they're trying to teach them a lesson they want them to experience the plight experience the suffering uh, like obviously the intention here was not to traumatize the kids. The intention here was to give the kids some kind of valuable lesson. Now, maybe you'll tell me, listen, they're too young. It's a negative experience. It's, you know, it's something that's, I, I don't know. I guess you can come up with, but like, I can't imagine that, you know, there was any maliciousness here, uh, in terms of the intent of the teacher. The teacher, I'm thinking, meant well. So like, what exactly is, is the problem? Well, the problem is that Rashunda Pitts wants to make money and she knows that if she says, listen, I just remembered five years ago, my daughter picked cotton. <laughs> So uh I want money. Give me money because you traumatized me and I'm black. This past Tuesday, a bloodbath, of course, in Wyoming. Liz Cheney obliterated in the primaries. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Liz Cheney impeached Trump. Liz Cheney led the January 6th committee on the Republican side of things. And now her political career is over. And if you mess with Trump, you will pay. R- remember, there were 10 Republicans in Congress 
who voted to impeach Trump the second time. Ten Republicans. What has happened to those ten Republicans? Four of them have retired. Four of them have lost their primary bids to no-name candidates, by the way, endorsed by Trump. And two of those candidates won by the skin of their teeth. So the lesson is, boys and girls, if you mess with Trump, then you will pay dearly. And meanwhile, Trump's track record for primary endorsements uh, is just is off the charts. I mean, th- th- this number is like it's a it's a staggering number. It's unfathomable. Trump is like 192 and 12 uh, in, in like over 200 primary races where Trump has had an endorsement. He's like got, like 12. He's lost 12 times and he's won 192 times. There's no, no there is no there is no politician in America who has ever been that influential or even close and uh, and the 12 by the way a bunch of them were in Georgia and Georgia was like for whatever reason you know that backfired on Trump but um it really is pretty pretty amazing how it just he just continues no matter what they throw at him his supporters just adore him uh more and more Liz Cheney she and and she was defeated in a landslide by the way to a candidate that nobody has ever heard of i mean liz cheney was like laughing about it when trump endorsed this candidate like back in late two, you know 2021 and uh nobody's ever heard of this person wyoming remember this is so big as i said because one dynasty after the next and trump just just decimates these dynasties but especially wyoming and the cheneys the cheneys in wyoming they were royalty and this is not only about Trump, this Liz Cheney defeat. It, it is mostly about Trump. I will give you that. But remember, the Cheneys have exposed themselves, the father and the daughter, Dick Cheney also, because Dick, Dick Cheney, he, he, you know, he said very, very vicious things about Trump. The Cheneys have exposed themselves as complete phonies. I'm just going to be very blunt here because uh, Trump is the most conservative president. He was. Some people think he still is the most conservative president in decades. And here, what was Dick Cheney? Dick Cheney, since I was a child, he stood for conservative values. He was a Reagan guy. He was a Bush guy. He was obviously um, George, George W. Bush's uh, VP. And what was Cheney's problem with Trump? He didn't like his tweets. He didn't like the fact that Trump opposed the Iraq war and Cheney was behind the Iraq war. By the way, the Iraq war, in retrospect, was a devastating mistake. I supported it because I was fooled like everybody else into believing that there were WMDs. We're not going to rehash the Iraq war right now. We're not living in 2003. But um, Dick Cheney didn't like the fact that Trump humiliated Jeb Bush. So what did Dick Cheney do? He threw conservatism under the bus. He betrayed everything that he told us he ever stood for. If Dick Cheney was a man of values, if Dick Cheney was a man of principles, then would he have come out so hard against Trump? Of course not. So he exposed his hypocrisy. And now the Cheney dynasty, as I said, has just been obliterated. All right. So President Trump, number one, he is not going to jail. Let's get into this, the details of Mar-a-Lago over here, because this raid, number one, this raid was so disgraceful. But number two, now that the warrants are coming out, now that a judge is forcing them to unseal the affidavit, what we're discovering is that the FBI, there is no crime. There literally is no crime. Even the crimes that they mention are these like just bogus crimes, as I'm going to explain, the charges that they're that they're suspicious of, in other words, in this warrant. So for six years, as I said, they've accused Trump of Russia collusion, obstruction of justice, January 6th. The call with Zelensky, the infamous call, the perfect phone call, 
Trump's tax returns, I mean, just one thing after the next. And they are so desperate. And, and they've investigated all those things for years. They came out with nothing, which to me is the ultimate exoneration. It's all hoaxes. Every Everything they throw at Trump is a hoax. Uh, and uh, why now is sudden, everybody suddenly thinking, oh, this time is different. This time Trump is going to jail because the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. That doesn't, that doesn't tell you something about Trump. Very important. This raid the FBI did, this disgraceful raid on the former president of the United States and the opposition leader, right? Because the FBI is Biden's FBI. So this, all this does is this totally discredit to the FBI. I mean, this is just, it's unheard of. I mean, they didn't do this. Hillary actually did commit crimes. And uh, and we know that for a fact. And the question was a question of intent, but not a question of what were the actual crimes committed. They asked her nicely. And by the way, they subpoenaed. They subpoenaed emails. And what did she do? She like deleted like thirty thousand emails that that were under subpoena. I mean, can't think of a big you know bigger crime than that. But if you read the uh, the actual search warrant, there is no evidence of any sort of crime. This is a political hit job. And and, and here's the big question: Why now? Why is the FBI waiting a year and a half? Remember, they're talking about nuclear secrets. So you read the, the warrant; it's very clear. There's no, there is no suspicion of Trump stealing nuclear secrets, having being possession of nuclear codes and nuclear secrets. That is that is totally fabricated because you read the warrant; it doesn't even mention it. Getting to the details of the warrant, it doesn't even mention a charge of uh, of, of mishandling of classified information. But so 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 that's not even on the table right now. Furthermore. Why would you wait a year and a half? If you are worried that Trump stole nuclear codes, you're waiting until August. You're in charge since January 2021. You're waiting a year and seven months. And now you wake up and decide to raid Mar-a-Lago. Hello. Trump's like he's he's about to declare nuclear war. Not to mention, by the way, that the codes become obsolete. I mean, they, they change the codes when the new president takes over, you know. But um, it, 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 it makes absolutely no sense. What's the timing? The timing is very clear. Because the election, the November election, is in a few weeks, and it's going to be a bloodbath. And and, and the and the Biden record is obviously just dreadful. I'm just awful. I mean, uh, when I, when I say dreadful about Biden, I'm like insulting things that are only dreadful. That's how bad Biden is. So the timing is very clear. This is all about uh, politics. It's it's all about just trying to hurt. They they think that Trump is going to announce. His reelection bid that they think he's going to announce that he's running in 2024, that he's going to announce it before November. I, I, I've been predicting and we'll see if I end up wrong, but I, I've been predicting that Trump is going to announce his candidacy prior to the election. A lot of Republicans are afraid that that's a liability. I've been saying I think it's going to galvanize the base, galvanize the Republican party, but either way, the Democrats are terrified. Now, So clearly, and by the way, if they were worried that Trump actually um, leaked classified material or stole nuclear codes, why does the search warrant not mention anything? The search warrant mentions three crimes, okay? It mentions the National Archives, obstruction of justice, the National Archives, and the Espionage Act. And you say, oh, well, the Espionage Act, oh, well, that's really, look at that, they're accusing charge of of violating the Espionage Act. The Espionage Act has nothing to do with classified documents, as I'll explain, and it has nothing to do with espionage. The Espionage Espionage Act has nothing to do with espionage. It, it has to do with, like, defense documents. It has to do with documents that are related to national defense, but it doesn't mean that you're a spy. So it, nothing about mishandling of classified material. Now, wouldn't you think 
that if they suspected that Trump mishandled classified material, that like that would be the, the central theme of the warrant and not national archives. By the way, not to mention that why does the search warrant not mention anything about classified material? They did find classified material in Mar-a-Lago because the president has the right, and even the New York Times said this, the New York Times said that it's highly unlikely that they will prosecute Trump or indict Trump. I don't think they're going to indict Trump for anything, and I, I certainly guarantee you he's not going to jail. But uh, even as far as um, is it a problem for Trump to take classified documents with him to Mar-a-Lago other than archives, records, and silliness like that? No, there is no crime there because he was the president. The president has every right to declassify classified information. And then there's people who are lawyers who are saying, no, there needs to be a protocol. He needs to like assign some low-level staffer or somebody at DOJ or something here. You declassify. They have to like mark it as declassified or some nonsense like that. But any legal expert that I have looked at has said, listen, he's the president. The president, if he if he says the words, this is declassified, well, then it's declassified. Now, the SB, so the SB, uh, all right, we'll get to the Espionage Act in a moment, I hope. Do you remind me to talk about the Espionage Act in a minute? But um, the reality is there's no crime. The FBI raided the home of a former president. It doesn't get more egregious than that. Zero evidence of any crime there. It's a suspect in search of a crime. It's a raid in search of a crime. It, this is purely political, all about November. And uh, once again, as we've seen so many times, uh, the man who's been like, like, like investigated dozens and dozens of times, and we've seen every me- mainstream media outlet tell us, He's going to jail this time. No, we really mean it. He's really going to jail. He's not going to jail, but the media takes the bait. They love taking the bait. They live for this. The Espionage Act essentially means that somebody concealed information that's related to national defense. It does not have to be. It could be like mundane information about the latrine at a, you know, at a marine base or about like the, the, uh, the, the, the barracks or the, kitchen or something in on like a naval ship and it's just like it's related somehow to defense to, to you know to national defense and uh somebody took t- took the documents home with them or concealed them or hid them or something like that the espionage act in order to be guilty to violate has nothing to do with with um with classified information okay so no mention of classified materials anywhere in that search warrant and as i said even the new york times admits it that uh you know he is not getting indicted for mishandling mishandling classified uh information by the way the judge who ordered the raid is now going to force the FBI to release the affidavit that was used to obtain the search warrant and this is another interesting thing because Trump was pushing for this well ask yourself the following question the the affidavit right the search warrant that that already was released and, uh, you know, Merrick Garland himself signed on that search warrant. Merrick Garland, he is just, just a total political Democrat operative. He is weaponizing the DOJ, um, to literally be a tool of Biden and the Democrats and, and targeting right wingers and conservatives. Uh, like the thing about Garland is Barr never did this. AG Barr, of course, his reputation was tarnished because he's associated with Trump, even though Trump doesn't like AG Barr anymore because of, you know, the election fraud stuff. But, uh, but here's the thing. A.G. Barr, all he did was defend Trump, which rightfully so, because Trump deserved to be defended because uh, he was he was innocent. But um, but A.G. Barr, he never targeted people on the left. He never targeted Democrats, unlike Merrick Garland, who has made it his mission. He, Merrick Garland is on a jihad against conservatives, you know, against against people, you know, a- a- anybody 
who uh who, who basically wants freedom and conservatism and is, and 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 is uh you know trying to fight against this this massive government takeover in the new world order and all of that but uh, but but ask yourself why did trump um say listen i want you to to unseal the affidavit that was used to obtain the search warrant and the, and and the doj fought against that the doj said no leave it sealed now who who do you think has something to hide do the math here right if somehow the affidavit used to obtain a search warrant right if that were damaging to trump then trump would be would not be the one who's pushing to have it unsealed while the fbi and the doj are saying no keep it sealed keep it sealed okay it's because the fbi knows that the minute we open it up we're going to see that they raided mar-a-lago they raided mar-a-lago they literally raided with guns drawn they raided the residence of the former president of the United States and the opposite, the, the head of the opposition party. It's, it, it, it is literally, there are no words to describe. I mean, it's Soviet Russia. It is Soviet Russia. All right. The Inflation Reduction Act has been signed into law and all Biden keeps talking about the, how, is how the inflation, remember what it's called. It is called the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay. The Inflation Reduction Act does not reduce inflation. It'll almost definitely increase inflation. Uh, even the CBO, basically anybody, anybody who's analyzed this thing, people on the left, people on the right, anybody who has analyzed the Inflation Reduction Act says that it is not going to reduce inflation. But they don't care about that. They just want to call it that because they want people to support it. They don't think people are actually going to pay any attention. And they're right. Most Americans especially Democrats, are going to look at this inflation. Oh, wow, it's the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, you know it doesn't reduce inflation, right? What do you mean? It's called the Inflation Reduction Act. It must reduce inflation. Well, no. All Biden keeps talking about now and the Democrats is how this is going to save the climate. This is going to lower drug costs. This is going to raise taxes on most Americans. They're talking about raising taxes on businesses, but actually it's going to raise taxes on virtually everybody. And and they don't notice they're not saying a word about it reducing inflation. Because it's not reducing inflation, because it isn't going to in- reduce inflation. But what's really amazing is that if you think about before the bill passed, right, when they were still negotiating and they're trying to get Manchin to sign on and everything. And I think, by the way, I, I, there's a report that Bill Gates, Bill Gates ultimately is the one who, who persuaded Joe Manchin to support the Inflation Reduction Act. Go figure that one out. I wonder, I wonder how Bill Gates managed to persuade. Let's figure this out. How did one of the richest men on the planet uh, persuade Joe Manchin to support this ridiculous Inflation Reduction Act, which does not reduce inflation? But all the before when before it passed, right when they were trying to convince people how good this was, all they talked about was how it's going to reduce inflation. But now that it passed, they're talking about the climate, uh, you know, and, and they're talking about drug costs. Well, what what happened there? Well, maybe because now that it passed, they're telling you what it's really all about. Now that they know that you know it can't hurt them. Uh, this was an actual New York Times headline. Why abortion has become a centerpiece of Democrat television ads in 2022. Why has abortion, that was, that's an actual New York Times headline. Why abortion has become a centerpiece of Democrat television ads in 2022. The answer is extremely simple because it's the only issue that they have any prayer, any shot at winning on. And it's not going to matter, but. But this is this is all they've got. I mean, even January 6th, the, the entire country has January 6th fatigue. They're not talking about the border. We'll get to the border, by the way. They're not talking about Afghanistan. They're not talking about Iran that's on the brink of developing a nuclear weapon. They're certainly not talking about gas prices. But abortion is like the one thing because we know, of course, there was a lot of pushback, obviously, a lot of backlash. It's not going to matter. Nobody in November 
or virtually nobody in November is going to go to the polls and say to themselves, Biden is the worst president in history. Gas prices are out of control. Grocery prices, inflation, car prices, etc. The mess in Afghanistan, Iran, the border. I mean, Biden, the baby formula thing, everything the man touches, it just uh, just gets destroyed. But you know what? There's the abortion thing, which Biden had nothing to do with. It was the Supreme Court. So uh, let me vote uh, for, for, for a Democrat. That's just not going to happen. And do you know, by the way, the Hunter Biden laptop, this is interesting. Since the New York Times admitted that the Hunter Biden laptop is real, do you know how, how many reports there have been on the news um, about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop? Virtually nothing. The mainstream media, and, and now we know it's real, because even, even the New York Times said it's real. If the New York Times says it's real, then it's real. Well, the mainstream media has spent 298 seconds covering Hunter Biden's laptop ever since the Times admitted that that, that, that it's real. How many minutes is that? 298 seconds. How, how many minutes is that? Probably, I'm guessing, uh, uh, four minutes and, uh, almost five, right? Four minutes and like 58 seconds. It's, it's, it's not a lot of minutes. That is not a lot of minutes. 298 seconds. All right. The CDC. This is really a bombshell because the CDC has admitted it's a bombshell except for the fact that we've all known this for two years, but uh, the CDC has woken up. So the CDC admits that its handling of COVID was an abysmal failure, essentially. The director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, she has announced a reset. And, and let me just say this. Let me just say this to Rochelle Walensky and to, and to Dr. Fauci and everybody else. You people are, you're like the DMV, okay? You are a government agency. And as such, you are, you're going to be corrupt and incompetent and let your agenda drive your decisions and let the teachers unions decide what the policy should be and let and, and and let every other you know political faction decide what the what 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 the what the science dictates and you don't follow the science and you claim you follow the science and then all of us who actually look at the data and look at the science um and many many doctors out there and infectious disease specialists you just dismiss us because we're just we're just a bunch of science deniers and and the reality is you're getting paid off to make these decisions and by the way it's not even the corruption it's not even the teachers union they're just incompetent. Would you expect the DM? I mean, even NASA, even NASA, you know, Elon Musk, Elon Musk is exposing how incredibly incompetent NASA was when it came to space travel. He does it better and much cheaper and much more efficiently than, 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 than the government ever could because the government is totally incompetent. The government is pathetic. OK, there I'm, I, I, I said it. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just reality. And, uh, it's just the DMV. It's just, it's just a, any government agency is another version of the DMV. So essentially the DMV was running policy on COVID and, and they're, and they are now admitting it. And, um, and, and, and it's one thing, you know, the science changed and the science changed again and it changed again and, and the masks and the vaccines and everything else. I don't want to get into all those specifics because I do understand that data evolves. I do understand that, you know, just because it was true three months ago doesn't mean it's true now. But you know what bothers me is they're so certain. It's all the certainty that, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci virtually never says, I don't know. You know, he doesn't know how to say that's just not in his vernacular. I don't know. So they know everything. They, they, everything they say, they say they're with certainty. And then if you don't listen to them, then they look down on you and they condescend and and they act like you're, you know, ignoring science and you're a caveman. And they're so condescending. Then three months later, oh, by the way, I was wrong. I was wrong about this and I was wrong about that and the, the cloth masks. And, you know, we could go down this this long, long list of things they got wrong. But it's one thing if you if you initially say, listen, I don't know. 
but here's you know the best of our knowledge and you have some humility. But the problem is they tell us it as fact and Dr. Fauci literally talks about how he's a man of science and uh and and, and they're wrong so often that why why don't they ever learn and say, Hey, you know what? I actually don't know. They never say that. They almost never say that. So CDC announced a reset that will, so it's never going to get better is my point. They're trying, they're going to say, they're saying next time it's sad. There better never be. Hopefully there'll never be another, another pandemic. But like they literally, Dr. Fauci spent his entire life preparing for this moment for this pandemic and it finally happens and he's in abysmal failure. And the CDC, this is their whole job is to prevent this kind of thing. And they completely, completely failed the American people. And it's going to happen again because they're the government. Simple as that. So, uh, they now want to make, uh, focus on making the CDC quicker at responding to new health threats. Um, the CDC admits that it was slow to recognize how much virus was entering the U.S. from Europe, slow to recommend that people wear masks. Well, in fact, I would remind you, Fauci lied and said, don't wear masks. And then he changed his mind and it was because he wanted to save the masks for healthcare professionals. We can debate, you know, the legitimacy of that, but it's a fact he lied. Um, and they, uh, they were slow to, 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 to say that the virus can spread through the air. They were slow to ramp up systemic testing for new variants. Um, so Rochelle Walensky, she delivered a sweeping rebuke of her agency's handling of the pandemic. In a video, she said that the CDC's future depends on whether it can absorb the lessons of the last few years, during which much of the public lost trust in the agency's ability to handle a pandemic, which has killed more than a million Americans. And I will say most of them under Biden. They blame Trump. Um, there were, look, one death is too many. Every life is precious. The, the, the numbers are staggering. The numbers, it's unspeakable. Thinking about a million lives lost is just unspeakable. And I know that not, not all of those people died because of COVID. Some of them just died with COVID, but it got attributed to COVID. But either way, we're talking about way, way, way too many lives that were lost. It's tragic. It's unspeakable. But, um, but somehow Trump got the blame and Biden, who has been so much more of a disaster on COVID and the numbers are so much worse, somehow, Biden never gets the blame, as we know. Uh, all right, Minneapolis, new policy. Minneapolis will fire white teachers first. You need to fire a teacher. Make sure it's a white teacher. This is literally the official policy of the woke city of Minneapolis, a, a new contract between uh, the Minneapolis public school system and the local teachers union mandates that white teachers must be laid off first when there's any kind of downsizing. Um, and, and they're saying it's because of they're trying to uh, I don't have the, the 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 wording over here, but they literally put out a statement saying that uh, they're trying to make up for past inequalities. They're, they're like trying to make up for like the trauma and the discrimination that people of color have suffered, not colored people. That's racist to say that. But people of color have suffered uh, throughout the decades and throughout the centuries. So this is kind of to make up to compensate. So sorry, white teachers, not that you ever oppressed the blacks, not that you ever persecuted the blacks, not, not that you ever owned a slave. You know, well, how about if they just make the white teachers, instead of firing them, just make them pick cotton. Would that count? But but like it's, it, it's really, it, it's just, it's truly astonishing that uh, they're saying that somehow th th this is like to make up for racism. This is the ultimate racism. I mean, you could you be more bigoted could you be more racist and more bigoted? We have to we have to lay off teachers. We, we we have too many teachers, too few students, so we've got to lay off teachers. All right, so who are we going to lay off? Well, this maybe we should base it on merit. Maybe we should base it on seniority. No, 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 no. This white teacher has been here for thirty years. This white teacher is like 
off the charts, great teacher. I'm just making it up, obviously. Uh, you know, students doing extremely well. And then you have this African American teacher who's been on the job for six months and stinks at it. Well, gotta fire the white teacher because fire the white teacher first. And finally, uh, the border, the border mess continues to just spiral out of control. Just when you think it cannot get any worse, it gets worse. In the past nine months, listen to these numbers. This is staggering. In the past nine months, President Biden has allowed nearly two million illegals to cross the border in the past nine months. Okay, this is a colossal breakdown, a massive, massive disgrace. And it's amazing. He gets a pass. Biden gets a pass. Alejandro Mayorkas, who, 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 who runs, uh, they, you know, he's the head of DHS. He's Homeland Security secretary and he's in charge of the border. And, uh, you know, he is a disaster. I mean, there, there, there's that conservative Hispanic group that's, uh, calling for Alejandro Mayorkas to be impeached because all he does is he just, he sits there in front of Congress or he gets interviewed and he says, the border is totally secure. He will say this with a straight face. The border is closed. The border is secure. And he knows. He knows. If he doesn't know, it's even worse, by the way. If he doesn't know, then he's completely incompetent. But he does know. He knows exactly what's going on. And he sits there with a straight face, telling the media, telling reporters, telling the country, oh, yeah, the border totally secure. Nobody's getting across. And there are millions of illegals crossing the border. It's 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 sickening. Uh, you know, it, it just it, it boggles the mind. Anyway, so uh, just in July alone, um, there were just shy of 2,000, 200,000, 200,000 illegals encountered crossing the border by Border Patrol. Just literally in July alone, uh, about 200,000. And the total numbers for fiscal 2022, fiscal 2022 is nine months, by the way. The total number of encounters with illegals is nearly two millions. So that's two million illegals in just the last nine months. Think about what that is over a couple of years. And then Biden, you know, or whoever, whoever takes over, if something happens to him over the next two years, we've got some radical in office for the next, for the next two years, even, even more, which is frightening. But just think for a moment about, you know, what that tells you as far as millions and millions of illegals entering the country under Biden. It's and, and there's nowhere to put them, by the way. And and, and as I'm going to tell you about New York City, you know, New York City is putting them in hotel rooms, which is which is just it's lunacy. But we're going to get to that in, in, in just a moment. But the point is, think about that. Millions and millions of illegals crossing into the United States and, and, and taking welfare and taking they, they feed off the government billions of dollars for the most part in tax dollars, you know, between welfare and Medicaid and all the other food stamps, all the other programs. They got all those programs. Many of them don't pay taxes income taxes but 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 or any taxes for that matter but the point is that uh that's millions of new democrat voters and even if they're not going to be democrat voters even though a lot of democrat cities they're trying to allow illegals to be voters but it's getting struck down but their kids are going to be born here their kids are going to be become democrat voters or at least that's that that's the game plan of uh, uh, of Joe Biden um and meanwhile New York City is about to rent out 5 thousand hotel rooms for illegals. Can you believe that? The kind of money that New York City is spending. New York City is looking to rent out 5,000 hotel rooms for illegal immigrants. Um, It's lunacy. And New York City is already leasing 11 hotels for homeless people. New York City, forgetting all the tax dollars, but you realize what it's like going into a hotel and it's just been invaded by homeless people? Uh, So, but yeah, New York City, they turn hotels into homeless shelters. 11 hotels 
um, the city is leasing f- for homeless people. It, 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 it's just there are no words. There are no words. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.